Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. Hello. You are listening to... Welcome to The Way. This is Henry Graves. Um, we're located at 2345 East Michigan Street, Henry Grace Martial Arts Academy in Orlando, Florida. Today the guest is Terry Bibbins, and we're going to be talking about martial arts again. And Terry is a Taekwondo practitioner. Master Bibbins, you there? I'm here. All right, man. How you doing? What you been up to? Fishing. A lot of fishing. A lot fishing. of fishing. Nothing more, nothing less. Oh, my goodness gracious, man. So I've been, so I, I've been fishing. I haven't been catching but I've been fishing. A bad day fishing is like it's better than a good day at work, right? <laughs> that's right. That's that's what I say. Well, you know, the New Year's is on upon us and things like that. And this is a time where people reflect and they make um like New Year's resolutions and stuff like that. Did you do anything like that this year? No, nah, man, I'm just gonna continue being awesome. I don't need to change nothing. Oh man, that's the way to go. I, you know? Yeah. Someone asked me yesterday, what's your New Year's resolution? I said, I didn't make any New Year's resolution. I just resoluted to do better every day that I live. That's so it. I can dig what you're saying, 100%. Yeah. you have anything coming up this year? Oh, you know, we have uh, we have Nate Movies Tournament coming up, the Champions Challenge. I think that's over your way, as a matter of fact, on February 8th. Mm. Yeah, yeah, February 8th. Saturday, February 8th, 2020, 2020, so this year, obviously, mm-hmm. um, that's like a month out, so we're going to be there, uh, my students, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully hopefully we can get um, some more people to uh, reach out and support that tournament, that, that was a really good tournament. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going to be at uh, your tournament this year as well, don't you have something coming up in March or something like that? Well, I have a tournament coming up in April 11th this year. Um in April, yes, I'll be there. Yeah, so that's on my list for sure. Okay, um, okay. And I'm I'm also doing uh, like a train the trainer uh, seminar. Uh, I can't remember the date off the top of my head, but I want to say it's in March. Okay, well, we'll so, be getting uh, back with you on that date because um, I've been to your seminars and they're very great. You know, great great seminars. You always have a lot of information there, informative to you know everybody. I think everybody can learn something that comes there. You know, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say the date is March 14th, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I want to say March 14th. Okay, so that's Saturday, March 14th. Gotcha. Yeah, All right. yeah we'll, we'll have that information up on our school Facebook page okay. uh, so people can uh, check it out. You know, that Facebook thing, I'm trying to get more into it because it seems like it's, a, it's a, a way that everybody reach out to everything and the internet is like just booming, you know, and I'm going to try to get more into something like that. And see, can I get a platform built with that? Um, just, mm-hmm. I'm not that technical guy or tech guy, but it looked like you don't even have to be tech savage to get in there and do stuff. Well, you got to get over into into the Instagram, the Instagram world now. That's kind of where where everyone has uh, shifted to. You know, Facebook is still there, it's still active, it still works good, but um, a lot of people are paying more attention to Instagram now. Oh, okay. So, so it, it would be good to do both. Oh, wow. I will definitely look into that. See, that's what I mean. You know, you bring things in that gives um, maybe martial art instructors out there who don't know about this kind of stuff. 
you guys should try yeah, to get we, in contact with Terry gonna, about this stuff. Yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna go over a lot of that stuff in the in the seminar. It's gonna be a really good, really good seminar. You know, um, you know, a lot of we're gonna be going over a lot of different scenarios. Uh, we're gonna go over like refereeing as well and uh, classroom management. You know, how to run your dojo uh, from the training perspective. And mm-hmm. If people have, you know, we'll, we'll have some a question answer session, of course, where. Um, you know, they can kind of pick my brain a little bit as well. Uh, I, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I didn't write the book on this. I'm not the, the, the resident expert on this. I'm just a guy that found something I'm, I'm good at. So uh, and I like to share it. But, yeah. Now, that's commendable, man. Most a lot of people don't like to share knowledge, but you're one of those individuals that don't mind sharing. A lot of times I, you know, I find out that in the martial arts, it's like so much stuff want to be held in secret. You know what I mean? Oh, this is a secret block or a secret kick or a secret yeah, technique. Yeah, I, I noticed a lot of that too. It's, it's unfortunate, but I just, I, I just figure, hey, you know, it's like a garden. If you don't want it to grow, don't feed it. That's it. Um. And, and yeah, you know what happens too? Well, if you don't yeah. share those things and um, uh, untimely something happened to you, then those things are lost. But you know what? Yeah. It's nothing that one person have thought of that haven't been thought of before. I think everything is just comes around. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I believe people, if they could um, have the same, um, I would just say lack of a uh, better word, material, uh-huh. that in the in, say in the cowboy days, they could have been flying airplanes. If they had the, the, the you know, the, the material and the, the, the things that are do these things with, we probably right now would be going back and forth in, in outer space, inner space, and all of that. It's just knowledge, our brain, we can do anything we think we can do. You put it in your mind, you can do it. And that goes to tell me about this. Training, last night, I don't know whether you ever done this, but last night I put music to my training. And, uh-huh. and it was just intr- instrumental music, but I put it in a little bit low, and I had one of the wonderful class last no, I'm, night. I'm not that coordinated now. You asked a little <laughs> bit too much of me. But, uh, <laughs> 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 but we tried. I had never instrumented, um, I mean, I had it so that I would do like a boxing technique with music. And I really, you know, got him into the boxing, throwing the jab, the cross, the hook, the uppercut, bobbing and weaving. And then I would make him run back to where we started and run up to the, like, in front of the mirror or something like that. And do that techniques, you know, the boxing techniques. I showed him to come back, uh-huh. do some push-ups. Man, the whole classroom was excited last night. Well, take it from me. It was only seven people there. You know how the new year is. But yeah, yeah. it gave me a lot of excitement. So I lost track of time. The parents lost track of time. The kids lost track of time. Um, I got a call from one parent today. said, man, they slept good last night. And I'm like, okay. You know, it's just working them out. You know, just so... I'm thinking out of the box with a couple of new things I want to try, along with doing their regular katas and things like that. Have you ever instrumented anything new? You know, put anything new in your curriculum and yeah. did it turn out good yeah. for you? Yeah, we've, we've done a lot of stuff. Uh, we've done a lot of stuff to music. The kids love it, too. And a lot of the, like the regular floor drills that we do uh, in class, you know, the warm-up portion, you can take those and, you know, you can literally turn those into, like, cardio kickboxing. Mm. Uh, and, the, and the kids love it and they eat it up mm-hmm. they eat it up and the parents love it too when they walk in to pick their children up and they see their children doing that yeah it's like, oh you cre- you created a cardio kickboxing no i just been doing the same thing you paid me to do just put a little music to it 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Put a little music to it and the kids love it. It was exciting. You know, I had the people coming in from next door, peeping in, like, what's going on? Which I never had before. I said, okay. Well, that's a little something that um I think I may do a little bit more of a couple times a week. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the kids will love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm here thinking about technique. And I was thinking about favorite techniques. And then anybody got anything they like favorite? My favorite technique actually is the back fist and, and the roundhouse kick or the back fist and the side kick with either leg, the front leg or the rear leg, you know, and implementing that. But you got to have, you know, a couple things in play when I think when I think about that. One thing is having the right me, the right distance, having okay. the right distance, you know, in the flow of things like that and those kind of drills, you know, Um it, it seems to work really good in sparring while the person, you know, time when they come in or when they're moving away, when you can implement doing that technique at a certain, you know, intervals. You know what I mean? So, you know, di- you know distance uh, Distance is uh, one of the biggest problem problems that you have with children in sparring because, you know, you, with, the, with the kids, it doesn't matter what rank or age they are, you know, they... They're 50 feet away from each other. And they're throwing punches and kicks. You know, and it's like, guys, you got to you gotta learn your range, learn your distance. Mm-hmm. You know, so <clears throat> that's one of the biggest issues that I've always had uh, with the children. You know, they, uh, they're they so far away. So we actually do drills like that to, wor- to work on distance. Yeah. You know, know what your range is yeah. for whatever kick you want to do. You know, if you're going to set it up, you know. We, we teach them how to set it up to where you're within range after that first mm-hmm. first technique. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I I try to teach them up, teach them how to set this thing up from like they're standing across from each other, and I tell one person to move back, right? And then when that person mm-hmm. moves back, I try to show the the aggressor, the attacker, how he can do his technique by moving in. You know how to how to move in and do your technique. And then I have them when the when the when the aggressor is moving in the defender how to use the same technique to impede that address, uh, aggressor by using the same technique the side kick the back fist or the roundhouse or whatever and I, I, that's kind of helping me out a little bit more this year um, maybe people have been doing it all the time but free sparring I've been doing a lot of just freestyle sparring with my kids for years but I try I try to work on a little bit more um, a little playing with them. Um, of doing a little bit more technical mm-hmm. training with them, you know. I want this to be one of the years that um, that they um, kind of pick up new things, and you know, we're looking forward to your seminar to get some some things, you know, put into our system by learning what you guys do and try to kind of implement it, you know, with ours. I think that's a good thing about going to any seminar. You may find something that's really useful, and you can use it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, for his goals for the dojo this year, man, I'm just want like to do a a summer camp. Try to do something like that. Um, oh man, you better be ready for some work. Well, <laughs> you know, I haven't done it in years. I haven't done it in years, but when I did do it, a lot of work, but it was so enjoyable. Even though for the ten week program. And at the end of the team went program, some of the kids, you know, went back to their prospective schools or other areas or went back, you know, to another states or whatever. 
But that's one thing I always find that pretty interesting because we I try to keep mine down to like 10 students. I don't try to get like 30 or 40 students because I really can't um, manage it because it's just me, really. And sometimes I'll take uh-huh. on a staff member, you know, to help out with that. But, man, let me tell you, summer camp, sometimes, like you say, you start early in the morning, get done late at night. And, yeah, it's rough. It's rough. But I'm going to try yeah. to do it again this year. Yeah, you know, I we, we had a discussion about this uh, last year. A couple of uh, instructors and I were talking. And uh, it was in the middle of the summer, and this instructor had a function. And, like, the main the main schools didn't show up. And so the instructor got angry. And so I had to break it down to him. I said, listen, you work at 9 to 5. You have that security for your dojo. Uh, so you don't have to put the time in your dojo like we do. Mm-hmm. But we teach a summer camp. So we're in the dojo 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, we're going home 8, 9 o'clock at night. That's five days a week. So on the, on the weekends, we don't have time to go to any functions. You know, yeah. we, we, have to, we have to maintain and recover our vehicles. You know, catch up on lost time with families and chores around the house. Uh, as well as physically and, and mentally recover and prepare for the next week. And so he said, oh, wow, I never thought about that. I'm like, yeah. So then you, you do the summer camp, you better be ready for it. That's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so so what are some of the things that, you know, I just heard you mention that. So some of, some of the things that you would do on the weekend, like you do like, like really turn your phone off and just yeah, relax I mean, you know, and, you know. I'll just put it out there. You know, I don't, I, there's nobody in my Hey, man, that's all it's about, too, because a lot of times, you know, I feel like, well, I don't really want to go to the dojo today. I'm kind of tired. And nah, you got to go. Yeah, you, you got to get out there, man. It, it, yeah. Because that, well, that day that you don't go, you just maybe miss two or three new potential new clients, you look, know, look, or new look, students. Every time, every time I close down my school for a week for a vacation, I get 10, 15 different voicemails. So then I'll go, I'll go. And Christmas break, I'll keep the school open. Nobody walks in the door. That's just the universe having a sense of humor. But it happens all the time. But, yeah. And you ask yourself, why is it like that? Just don't answer why. Just do. <laughs> yeah. Just do. Yeah, that's it. Just do. Just mm-hmm. do. So are you, um, are you guys, you said, what's your, like, curriculum a little bit? Uh, you you said so, you do music. So for me, yeah, mm-hmm. my, my summer camp... My summer camp runs a little different from from other schools. Um, people have 
have labeled me as being too intense in a way. Uh, some people, not everyone. But we're structured every part of the day. I mean, you want, you come in uh, as early as 7.30, but at, at 8.30, we have our morning workout. No martial arts, purely morning workout. You know, mm-hmm. like calisthenics. We may do a little weight training with some of the kids with little two-pound dumbbells. Uh, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, if you show up for that morning workout, which is optional, it's not mandatory, but if you do show up for that morning workout, you will get your video game privileges right away. So from 9 to 9.30, you'll get a chance to play whatever games we have available or anything like that for those 30 minutes. Now, if you decide to sleep in, which which I found out through just kind of listening to the kids' conversations with the parents, usually when they show up right at 9 o'clock, it's because the child told the parent they wanted to sleep in. <laughs> Not because the parent made the choice, but because the child made the choice. Okay. So if you show up and you miss the morning workout, then you'll get your game privileges after lunch. Uh, so we're not punishing, but we're rewarding the yeah. kids that's putting forth that extra effort. That's there all we're go. doing. Yeah, to teach all. them the importance of you have a choice, make the right decision. You yeah. know, so we're, we're we're rewarding that. But yeah, so ten o'clock is our first class. Um, Eleven o'clock is lunch. Of course, then we have a little movie time afterwards. Uh, it's mandatory that the kids spend at least two hours outside. Yeah, mandatory yeah. in my school. Uh, well, of course, unless it's a storm or whatever, but. Of course, but uh, you want to get outside. If the sun's out, we're out. Yeah, you uh, want to get them sure. outside. Yeah, so then we bring the kids back and have another class. And um, hello. Sorry about that. I um, uh, someone called the called the uh, academy phone, and my assistant was uh grabbing me for. So anyway, uh, but yeah. So for example, on um on Wednesdays we have this thing called the Spirit Run. The spirit run. So everyone, we do a two-mile run. Me, the staff, all the kids. We go out there and we put uh, the weakest runner up front. And we run behind that student for two miles. So we're, we're running to their pace so no one gets left behind and we're running as a team. There you um, go. We do that. But after that, we take the kids to the pool all day. They're in the pool. Have I don't bother time. them. Yeah. Uh, on Fridays, I feed them pizzas. Uh, Feed them pizza. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like whatever your kids want. You know, so the parents here quite often say, "You know, Master Bibbin, you spoil those kids." I was oh, like, "Well, man. I'm fair and impartial with rewards and punishment." So the same way I reward them, I punish them hard too. Mm-hmm. So they deserve it. They mm-hmm. they deserve you know to have good have a good time when it's time to have a good time. There you go. So yeah, our summer camp is pretty is pretty structured throughout the whole day. Uh, we have weekly challenges. You know, I mean, you know, this week we're going to critique the front kick. This week, yes, you know, yes, we, may, I got we, you. we may say you need to be able to tie your belt in under ten seconds with your eyes closed, and we train them, we teach them, and we work on that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. But that helps a lot. Just doing little drills like that, you know, teaching them to tie their belts, giving them a time, see who can tie it, the, you know, the quickest like that, and it helps them to, you know, kind of like grow, you know, and doing right. those things instead of like some kid, like I had a kid that come in, and as soon as he get to the dojo, he would like be like. We uh, start whining and don't want to do it, but couldn't wait to get there. So the parent would mm-hmm. get in the car, bring them there. When they got there, they wanted to um, like slow walk everything, you know. So I said, okay. First day was um, you know getting acclimated with me, and I'm getting acclimated with him. Second day, a little bit more stuff I put on him. The third day, I had it all in check. When he walked in there with that, I said, you know what? 
Right now, you're going to get out on that floor and we're going to get busy with these push-ups for a little bit for, for you being that way. And after a while, his attitude started changing, but we're having fun with the push-ups. You know, I kind of made it a little bit of, not a, a tedious thing with him. And then I started taking him to another test, telling him, you know, how good he was doing, constantly helping him get that way. And when he would always start, um, well, I can't do this. You know, I said, give me that word. Write that word can't down real big on a piece of paper. And he did it. I took that word can't. I tore it up, threw it in the garbage can and said, you know what? That word don't exist no more. Now I want you to go throw it away. He threw it away. He haven't used that word. That's all. That's all they need. That's 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 why they that's why they come to us. A lot mm -hmm. of times they don't understand that that's why they come to us. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's why they come to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you're constantly building. Now, how is it? You know, I'm I'm thinking like you know the the way it is moving around the the world now. I looked at something the other day on television that really intrigued me. They got this doggone mirror. You can program it to do exercise out of. This is kind of like unique to me. I'm like, well, you know, or, or what kind of trend are we doing in the fitness industry? You know, now you can look at a mirror and, and get your workout on. You know, what what is yeah. that like about? But you come to the dojo, you got to be there with that instructor. Because one thing that mirror ain't going to do is not going to answer you when you have a question specific tailored towards you. These things are all generalized. You know what I mean? Come on, do another five. You can do it, this and that. But at, the, at that training section, you may come to Sensei and say, Sensei, I've been having trouble with this, that, and the other. It may have something to do with life. It may have something to do with the martial art. But you are there to guide them. That's what I'm saying. It looks like we're getting so technological advanced, we get under advanced um, with social skills. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. that's kind of throwing me off a little bit so I'm, I'm saying you know find a good dojo guys out there parents get a good dojo take your children to it let them react interact with other kids let them learn how to defend themselves so that when they work out there in the street they won't be an e easy victim you know and that's what uh, Master Bivens is doing up in his area what I'm doing down in my area we're trying to make sure that the, these connection make it and the reason why I do tournaments I want the children to see when they put hard effort in, when they put their work in and they go and they try their techniques against other students that are trying techniques, how well their techniques are working or how much more effort they may need to put into their techniques to get it to work the way they want it to work or it should work, you know? Yeah, but, you know, even even that's getting kind of kind of hard to teach now from the tournament perspective because now everyone gets a medal. Uh, so... You can literally have a child to put the work in, put the time in, and the value of their hard work in the tournament is lowered because everyone gets a medal now, mm. uh, a participation medal. Mm -hmm. So how do we how do we gauge who put who put the work in? You know, we've been in tournaments where, um, you know, everyone gets there, there's a first there's two first place slots, two second place, and two third place slots. Um, that's why we stopped supporting this this particular uh, mm -hmm. organization. Um, mm -hmm. What are we teaching these children? Like, what what are we teaching? Really? Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you didn't win first place. I'm gonna shake your hand. I'll give you a hug if you need it, and I'm gonna look forward to seeing you again next year. Uh, you know, put your work in. But bottom line, 
Yeah, but now everybody gets a medal. Like, I don't, I, I tell my kids, you might as well win first place because second and third doesn't mean anything if everyone gets a medal. Yeah, yeah. And the so thing about that is I can, I understand why some things do that. If it's like, mm-hmm. a, I, mean, I don't want to say it to be derogatory or anything like that, but some yeah. some events with some children with special needs, they need that. Special needs. Oh, that's a whole different, yeah, that's a whole different animal. You know, special okay. needs. Not, not, not so much, but yeah, I can totally understand that. Yeah, you know what I mean? But um, if yeah. you're going to a, an event, I, I grew up in a world where if I wasn't the best um, wide receiver or wing back or running back, and it was four other wingbacks or two other ones or three other ones ahead of me. I didn't play. I grew up a little fat kid, so trust me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, the, re- the way I got to play was if I earned my spot on the team and doing my hard work on the team, the coach looked at me and said, hey, you get in there and you play. Now, in some instances, instances have been people who held people down that should have been out there. Because they just mm-hmm. didn't like that person for whatever reason. And that person had a lot of talent. You know what I mean? But martial arts in a tournament, I don't think that's a place where you just arbitrarily, everybody wins something because they showed up there that day. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, no. That, that um, you know, wait. I mean, to each its own. I can understand the tournament director wanting to boost morale and things like that and make it a, fun, a family fun event, you know. From that perspective, I, I understand. But, you know, from, from the teacher's perspective, it's like, hold on, man. You know, I'm, I'm teaching my children that uh, when you lose a tournament, don't lose the lesson. But now, there's no loser. Everybody, everybody's a winner. Uh, that's only going to take us so far. <laughs> yeah. You know? And that's only going to take us so far. Eventually, it's going to start to poison us. Well, because you expect to, to get something no matter what you do. Right. You can go out there and say your right. name right, and I'm, I'm going to get a medal because I said my name right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? What they uh-huh. could do, if they want to do anything, I think maybe maybe a solution for that is, why don't you print up certificates of, of um, for people showing up that day for everybody? Everybody, I don't care, first, second, third, fourth, fifth place, everybody that show up in there that day get a certificate of appreciation for being at the tournament. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. that much. And that way, when you give a first, second, or third place out, that guy that's standing there fourth or fifth or eighth or whatever, they realize they didn't get it. But, you know, it ain't that day you gave well, them eight, something. Eight, eight places. We'll be a little bit too nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, man. Oh, yeah. I'm eight j- places. Thank you for coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, some things that they can do if they want to make sure everybody get an award like that. But you don't have to give them... The, the thing that's signifying first, second, or third, or grand championship. Yeah, you don't have you know, to you, give you them get, Yeah, you definitely, you know, it's cool to, you know, it's cool to get something that you competed, like, you know, a t-shirt or whatever. To each its own, you know, these guys can do it how they want, but those are some good ideas, but again, that's a lot of work involved in that. I mean, hosting a tournament is uh, a work itself, uh, but that that's why I stay away from it. Yeah. Um, as far as the, as far as hosting wise, man, yeah. it is a lot of work. Oh my goodness! But yeah, I mean, you know, respect to all the instructors that host tournaments. Wow, you you guys have my utmost respect. Uh, I don't have the courage to do it. It ain't easy doing one. You I, know? I've seen it. It ain't easy doing never, one, but it's I've rewarding. I've never seen a tournament director. I've never seen a tournament director walking around with a smile on his face the day of the tournament. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, he is running around the whole day nonstop, yep. making sure everything goes well for the competitors, the parents. Yep. And I'm telling you, he was good at that. Nate Wooten is good at that. Yeah. Uh, when he does his tournament, he keeps that, that thing clean and smooth. Okay. Um, well, Nate, Nate, Nate have been doing it for a while now, you know, and he's um, over there. And, and what, what happens with him is he go, uh, I think, above and beyond. In a lot yeah. of instances, you know what I mean? To make sure things go well. I think he learned some valuable lessons a couple of tournaments ago about when you let other people come in and try to take over your show, what happens with that. And he's have you know, he have got gotten wisdom from that. So that's that's what happens yeah. when you do that. But um running a tournament should always be fun. It should be always a place where you um having a good experience because if you run it and you're not having a good time, why do it another year? And he's been doing yeah. this now for the past three, maybe four years, you know? Yeah. And, and the reason why um, I do it, and I know it's going on 12 years for me, but it's just the, the excitement of the kids participating. And I want to make sure they always have a fair venue to express themselves in. So it's not so much, yeah. I don't like. I yeah, tell them you don't win or it lose. Definitely is a fair venue. You know what it's I mean? Definitely fair. Yeah, you that's know. why my parents like this tournament also because yeah. it's fair. Yeah, you uh, go. Fair judging. You know, no one cares what what style you are. I mean, right. if, if your technique is, is better than the other person's, then you win. The judges are very uh, straightforward. That's it. Um, you know, and fair. All yeah. of them. So yeah, that my parents look forward to it. Yeah, it's, my, going going to his his yeah. and yours. Yeah. Um. That's why those are the only two tournaments on our schedule. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that. But uh, what I was saying with all tournaments, I went to a tournament at the U.S. Open where you just said something that um, a lot of people wasn't happy about uh, some of the things that came out of it. But they give out first, second, and third. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, No, that's it. We went. We we went two years ago or three years ago, and they they had they have started giving out participation medals now. Really? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They've. They've started giving out participation medals now. I don't know if they've changed it. We haven't been there in, in the last three years. Uh-huh. So I don't know if they made any changes since then. But when we went, they were giving out, they had started giving out participation medals as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I don't know how that how that is, how that, with with such a big tournament, because it's one of the most successful tournaments around, you know. Yeah, the biggest One of the biggest tournaments around. I, I have to look into, I'm going to try to get Mr. Dennis Brown who does the Capitol event up in D.C. on. Um, I have some connections um, that people with him that I'm, I'm going to ask him about. You know, what are they doing up there and how are they running their events, you know, and stuff like that, and how are some of them doing up in New York. I know down here in Florida, our thing is, um, like, Saturdays is the big tournament days here. Sundays you can barely, rarely get people to go out and do anything on a Sunday because, you know, you're in the Bible Belt. That's one reason I think it is. Um, uh-huh. But a lot of um, up north, a lot of tournaments are held on Sundays. I mean, when I was living yeah. in Pennsylvania, I went to tournaments on Sunday. Um, George Dillman, uh-huh. New Kensington area, um, um, all over the place, you know, uh, with Billy Blanks and them, Curtis Jordan and them, and Tony Overton and them, and all those guys, um, Kevin Pregnato, people like that. Some of the legends in the martial arts now. But we, a lot of times, we had tournaments on the Sundays here. I, I I don't see that. I see only Saturdays and Sundays are left for church and family. You know. I wonder why you know such a d- big difference in styles, or maybe it's just the culture. 
You know, different uh, coaches do different things. Co- I, you know, I don't, I don't think styles really have the have the impact on tournaments like they used to, um, because everyone, pretty much everyone's doing like open tournaments now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it could be just a, just a culture. Yeah. Well, you know what? The traditional tournaments. Have you ever went to a traditional Taekwondo tournament? And what's the thing that sets a traditional Taekwondo from more of a eclectic or an open Taekwondo? Oh man! Here we I go. know. Here we go. But here it is. <laughs> here we go. We kicking off twenty twenty with a bang, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, a, a lot of times um, it's the it's the events that are in the tournament. Um, uh, a lot of times it is uh, the particular forms. Um, like I know some of the t- taekwondo tournaments we used to go to. And, and our old federation was, um, if you're this rank, this is the form that you do. If you're this rank, this is the form that you do. Because uh, everything was standardized, pretty much. So that is an example of like a traditional Taekwondo tournament. Um, mm-hmm. The tournaments that, that we had gone to, um, there, there were always four events. Uh, forms, weapons, sparring, and board breaking. Okay. Uh, and they, they ran the same way. Each tournament in the federation ran the same exact way. Same format. So, uh, same rules. Everyone just recycled everything. Um, so, in a traditional a traditional tournament, you know, whatever the traditional events are for your particular system, um, that's, that's what you do. Yeah, that's what you do. Whereas, open tournaments, uh, any belt can do any form. Yes. So that, that, yeah. that's, that's pretty much it. Any, any belt can do any form from any style, uh, any art. You know, mm-hmm. that's what makes it open. And that's in Taekwondo also, you're saying. That's how the, well, you have, the open Taekwondo. You also have, well, you also have open Taekwondo tournaments. Um, you know, open Taekwondo tournaments is just basically, you know. And they have different types of sparring as well, depending on leagues and things like that. But, you know, open Taekwondo, you know, you can create forms. You know, you got musical forms you can do. Okay. So it's pretty much like anything else. Okay. You know, ITF can compete in WTF. You know, and, and vice versa. So that's what's going on with open tournaments. So it's just pretty much the same uh, as okay. format wise as, as what everyone else does. Okay, okay, yeah, because in the traditional um, karate tournament, it's like you know you wear only the white uniform, white gi, mm-hmm. and when you use a bow staff. Or, or, you know, um, when you're doing Kabuto, it'd have to be a traditional Kabuto weapon. Like, say these two pick bows would not be allowed in a traditional karate tournament. You couldn't okay. have a toothpick bow. You know, it got to be round on the, um, on the edges, beveled, like, and things like that. Um, and certain belt rank or Q ranks could only do these katas prescribed in that traditional system. You know, okay. you couldn't go outside of that um um, Q rank and do another kata. It wouldn't be accepted. It wouldn't be allowed. And some parts of that, though, Master Bivens, I can see where it could be pretty, pretty fair. I've had um, open tournaments where I have a traditionalist karate guy come in, okay, and do his H form, H pattern kata, a great kata. Great, no flaws, good technique, good balance. Then I had an open kid compete right along with him in the same. So they competed in an open tournament. They did a traditional kata, but he did an open kata. This other person, real flashy and this, that, and the other. And, you know, 
it was a higher kata, actually. Higher higher rank kata, same belt, yellow belt, but the kata he did say a blue belt would be doing or a brown belt would be doing. Okay, no fault for the kid, but that's what he was taught. And it kind of made me go like, wow, well, this kid's doing a, a basic um, beginner kata, and you got this other yellow belt doing a, a brown belt kata, pretty advanced. And, of course, it's going to look yeah, better. Yeah, a little more difficult, yeah. It's going to be more difficult, and it's going to, you know, look better also. And um, the kid would lose. And I was, you know, I would tell him, I said, well, you did a great kata, very strong, very good stances and things like that. I say, you know, this other guy, his kata was a little bit more um advanced than yours but you don't stop doing what you're doing i don't think that made the kid feel any better you know like that and then i started thinking wow you know that it seemed kind of unfair because of the complexity of it you know like this guy got a real intricate carter this other guy got a very basic carter they both did well and you know one one competitor actually did a carter from his level whereas another competitor brought something outside to the table. Yeah. You know, yeah. They should be judged two separate ways. They should have been judged, um, I think, too. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we talked about this before, you and I. When you're judging these kids and we're coming up with a program for the Tournament of Champions, um, um, that's what that's what TOC is about. Uh, my mm-hmm. tournament circuit, we, we, we you know, we want rules that will govern and take care of these competitors when they're coming out so that they all got an even playing field. You gotta be on an even playing field, and so you know one of the things that's really difficult for me is when I'm doing the um, the rule book or doing the, the the manual for the for the tournament this year is making sure that you talk to the instructors and say, look, if you got a white belt, yellow belt, an orange belt, the katas that they do, even in the open division, okay, they can do it. But if they're gonna do a kata, a traditional kata in an open division, then that kata um, can't be um, a black belt kata and you're going against another yellow belt or orange belt and you're doing it. It has to be, I want it to be more in tune for the athlete. If he's going to do that kata and he's, you know, got a good kata and can do it, let him go against a, a green belt or a blue belt. Let him go against him. Is that good? And he know that kata that well. Because it's really important to make sure as a, a a level playing field for everybody and not uh, a playing field where a kid can get out there and do Joan and another kid is doing um, Takeyoko Shodan. Same belt level, but for some I reason... I don't know what any of that is. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's a white belt kata, basic heel, and then you got a black belt kata. You know what okay. I mean? Uh-huh. And you got this kid who's not a black belt doing a black belt kata and can do the kata pretty well, okay, no problem. But then you got he's on he's competing with a white belt or I mean a yellow belt or orange belt doing the orange belt level kata. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's just it just seemed like it wouldn't be the same thing. But then yeah. I seen the other part too where I seen brown belts do high on showdown, and I'm like, well, why are you doing high on showdown? Well, but that's you got to go on balance. You got to go on technique. You got to go on, you know, presence and how the collar is given off, I guess, you know. But that's one of my um, challenges for this year. And um, I'm currently working on it. It's been a busy two weeks for me, you know, going into last year. I mean, coming out of last year, going into this year, getting the collar thing 
And then now I already got the point rules pretty much. We talked about those also, but now I'm trying to get the Carter rules so that when people show up, you know, we talked about this too, Master Bivens. You don't want to show up and say, hey, um, at the tournament, you can't do spinning back fist. Well, why not? It was, I just uh, I, I found uh, this out today. Yeah. You know, you don't want to go there and then at the at the event, you can't do a spinning technique because somebody changed the rules all of a sudden on you right at the door. That's not that great of a thing, you know. Before, I want these things put out there so that when a student go or they come to the tournament, it's there for them to see. The, they, they got the yeah. rules on the table, you know, have an arbitrator there. And if something come up that's legit, let's handle it. I want everyone to walk out of there with saying, you know, this is one of the fairest things. I also talk about hiring um, um, referees. Uh-huh. I really have, you know, impartial. They, you know, they ain't from nobody's school. That way the school owners can concentrate on being with their kids. Yeah. Instead of walking around there. You know, or, or missing out what their kid is doing, and the kids sometimes need the sensei there to make them feel more confident. Yeah. Not not that you walk around there when they're in a fight on the street in their pocket, but you know, yeah, sometimes they they have a they have an yeah, event. We're talking we're talking sport karate. Right. We're talking sports. Sport, sport, right. We're talking sports. And the and, yeah. the and the kids sometimes like to see that. So an example, you know, a good example of, of that is my an experience that I had last year at a tournament where one of my students. Um, was in the finals and in Kata's and he was competing for first place. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, as well as I know, uh, when you compete for first place, whoever loses is second place. It gotta so be. My, Cause you compete so for student, first. <laughs> my student competed for first place in the finals and lost. And they gave him a, a bronze medal. Mm-hmm. And so I said that that doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up. So I went and found the tournament director and I said, Hey, how does someone that loses for first place end up getting third? And the tournament director said, what? So we, he went over and did a good job, and he, he fixed it. He fixed it for the kid. Um, parents were happy. We were all happy. But And that was Nate, that was Nate Wooten, by the way. He was the one who fixed it for us. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, thank, thank you, Nate. Uh, but what if I would have been stuck in another ring judging yeah. or refereeing? Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was the only one that caught it. This this child's father was standing right there and had no clue what just happened. Didn't even know to ask. Right. Because um, no, there was no suspicion raised. He didn't understand it. Why would they, right? That's why they pay us. And luckily, I just happened to be standing there, and I caught it and said, that doesn't make sense. You're right. And again, the tournament was well run, and they did a good job of changing it and fixing it. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, instructors should be able to coach their children. Yeah. You know, we, we, you know, we have these, I hear people all the time saying, you know, well, you prepared them for the tournament and you, they should be able to compete in the ring without you. Uh, well, you know, I still see Bill Belichick on the sideline coaching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I still see him there game day. Don't you see him there on Sunday? Uh, well, I see him. Not, I see him not there. Anymore. Not, I, not, not, not. Not now. Not this week. They out. But you know, the same token with that. You, you, you. Um, talking about that. You teaching with professionals who's been out there and their job have been in that position all their lives, and so they're a little bit more uh, accustomed to it. But when you get your new students there, this may be their first tournament, and you taking them there. You know, have a good experience with them. They, they really do need you there. Now, some of your seasoned students, they may not need you right there because you can't be in every ring. Yeah, unless you right. only took one student. 
If you take, you know, three, four, five students, you're not going to be able to be all over the place. You just can't, you know. But still, the option that if you can, you know, it should be that you are able to be there. And a lot of times, you know, we try not to judge our own students when we have enough um, judges there. And you can put three, uh, four black belts from different schools in one ring to judge the, the student. I know I'm just thinking it, it got to be a better way to do it. And hopefully that those four judges or three judges don't have something against this other school, like your school. And they say, well, that's Biv and Taekwondo. They always beat. Well, we're going to, you know, make sure that, you know, you know I mean, anything can happen. A well-run yeah, time. It ain't always on the us. director. It's not always on yeah, the that, director. Sometimes it's just on people that show up that you may not even know have anything on their mind. Yeah, that, that's yeah. good. Uh, uh, two years ago, that happened to us where uh, at a Taekwondo tournament down in Fort Myers. I, I won't say the school, uh, the, the director or anything like that, but... Um, uh, one of the parents from my school recorded these masters talking to uh, the grandmasters saying, hey, Bivens Taekwondo is taking all the gold medals. Um, so to slow us down, they literally took all of my students and put them in a ring by themselves and made them compete against each other. Yeah, no good. Not uh, good at all. At that, and so the parents were horrible. And a lot of these tournament directors don't understand if you do something like that, you don't have to answer to the parents. But as the instructors, we do. Yeah. You know, you've made your money. You're gone. You're good to go. Yeah. But now we're stuck with the mess. Yeah. And Putting so out that to fire. slow us down, yeah. So to slow us down from winning everything, uh, they they made us compete against each other. Yeah. So we had we had a ring with just Bibbins Taekwondo in the ring. Yeah, that's not good at all. I've never seen that before. That, that I don't even think I've ever heard of nothing like that before. Yeah. You know, that's so not we, good at we all. Were, we were two hours away, so it wasn't like we could just get up and walk out of the tournament. Uh, <laughs> well, so, I have done it. I have seen. Um, I've been in a tournament with my kids, and it didn't run good. I said, you know what? They, you made your money off of us this time, but you won't make another one off of us yeah, again. You know, th- this was actually this was three years ago because now they they send us a tournament invitation. They send us two a year, and uh, I just take them and I don't even open them. I yeah. just take them back to the post office and mail them back. Yeah, <laughs> you see director. how that? You see, now you see those <laughs> other directors just to keep you guys. Hey, man, and doing this thing with these kids, you know, it's okay to. To put on these events and tournaments and stuff like that, you know, and, you know, I've been there with some, I had some instructors say, well, it's not enough um, competition at this tournament for my kids and stuff like that. But let me tell you something, yeah. everybody that put on a tournament, me, you, whoever put on a tournament, you know, you want people to show oh, up to you. Hey, not, not me, you take my name out of that. <laughs> yeah, I know, you're, you're, you're kind of a, you're kind of a seminar guy, but I'm talking about all the directors out there, tournament directors out there that do put on tournaments and, um, you know. Um, recently I was at an event where, um, you know, they had a tournament where, you know, you, you'd be saying, oh, this guy got 50 students or this guy got 80 students or this guy got 20 students, you know, and, you know, a good number to bring, I think, if it's, if it's possible, it's always like five students, if it's possible. You don't have to bring 20, 30, you know, but when, so when you come there and you show up with one or two, sometimes, you know, and then you know this, it, like myself, I got... Um, 35 students, and I show up with one student at your event. Okay, I'm glad you was there, Master Graves. Okay, but, mm-hmm. you know, you brought one student. And I'm not saying you're trying to feed that school, but when it's your turn to have a tournament, you want to get as many people as you can in there. 
Right. right, and you want to have a good tournament so that everybody compete. Sometimes, Master Vivens, you know, you might have a incident or a tournament where your students are the predominant students. Five of them may show up, and it may be three from one school, two from another one, um, four from one. Yeah. That you know, and you don't have any choice because of maybe the age, the size, the belts, or whatever. You may understand that a little bit better, and the kids have to because this is an event, but. Um, I think we have to get to a point now where when we're doing these tournaments, we don't so much look at who's bringing who, but the quality of what is being given at that tournament, no matter what's going on. You know what I mean? And then you talk to oh, the yeah. director. You know, you just talk yeah. to him and say, hey, man, you know, this last event, my guys had to fight each other. Um, you know, we I don't mind supporting you, but um, we would like to have it so that, you know, in advance we would know if it's other, if you know, schools there so that we can come and support because they fight each other in school all the time. They compete yeah. with Carter all the time. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? You're not trying to, like, and then I, you don't want the director to be mad that you have an animosity. You're just trying to explain to them, look, they compete with each other all the time. They come to compete right. with someone else. And I yeah. think that's really fair about that. I don't think nothing is wrong with that, you know, getting that word out. So that means that director just got to get up on his game a little bit. That's all. Yeah. 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 That, that, you know, that's all. It's hard. It's hard for the directors as well. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've, you know, the, dealing with all those different instructors, you know, different personalities. Yeah. Different, you know, they all have different ways of running their schools. Um, you know, uh, that's why I never want to really host a tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't have the energy for it. But, um, yeah, I, I hear the stories about about a lot of these tournament directors where the guys are like, "Well, give me a discount, give me a discount." I'm like, "Hey, man, look, we don't we don't go in the Burger King and ask for a discount. We go in there because we're hungry and we buy the burger, you know." Yeah. Um, so hey, let the guy run the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> let him run the tournament. That's it. You know, uh, you know the, the, the the quality of the tournament. You know, yeah, you got to get out and do some work. You got definitely got to get out and do some recruiting to have a good tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's. I, I see these guys, these tournament directors. It's, it's tough. Yeah, it, it, it ain't it's easy. It, it just ain't easy, man. And putting yeah. on a tournament and putting the rings up and how big the rings need to uh-huh. be and, you know, this, that, yeah. and the other and keeping the rules so the parents don't get out on the floor and get involved into it and things like that, you, you know. And, um, and it, then, you know, you know, you have people, the tournament directors also have to deal with how many people verbally commit. I I say verbally. I'm going to put an emphasis on verbally. How many people verbally commit? And then, after all the medals and the trophies are purchased, the person doesn't show up. Yeah. Had that happen quite a few times. That people go, you know. It it happens. You know, sometimes it's unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it just is what it is, you know, uh, to each its own. But, you know, hey, if if you got a friend, support the tournament. By supporting the tournament... You're supporting the business. Yes. Um, and in return, they're going to support yours. I yes. know, um, you know, I always use Nate Nate as an example, but I've seen Nate break his, break his team up into two groups. And his wife went to your tournament, and then he took another another four or five to a different tournament. Um, me, personally, I would like to see Nate get a return on that particular investment, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like to see more instructors support his tournament the way he supports everyone else's tournament. Yeah. Um, that would be pretty cool. I mean, even if he's only got four kids, that's what he takes. Like, he, he literally, he does it. 
And, and sometimes, you know, I've had conversation with him and with him also. We talked about that. You know, sometimes the kids don't want to go to other people tournaments. Right? Yeah. And, and that's, and you know, they, they, they just don't want to go. And at that point, you know, that should be, you know, said to the, to the, um, the other person, especially if it's a friend of yours, say, look, you know, they want to come, they don't want to come to your tournaments. And that yeah, way, I've had parents, you know, I've, I've had parents in my school tell me, Master Bivens, if you go back to that tournament, yeah. you're going by yourself because my child isn't going. Right. You know, um, tell that person of that. things, how it was run. Yeah. And that way that person can maybe fix things that they need to fix to get that attraction right. back that they would want to mm-hmm. come to that event. You know what I mean? So that's, that's yeah. a good thing by saying that, you know, but, um, you know, I don't go with the idea if you got a tournament up there where you're at, right? And I come up there to it or a, a self-defense event up there where you're at, and I go, well, I can't go because it's too far. But then I go to another event maybe three or four miles from where yours was at, and I'll support it, but I won't go to yours because it's, it's yours is too far. That's that's I don't think that's um, relative. Oh, uh, you know, that, that happened to us last year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It happened to me. Hey, it didn't happen you know, to me more than once. My banquet. You know, people couldn't make it yep. because of the distance, and I was. Yeah. But you know, for me, I, I didn't. I didn't take it personal. I understood. I mean, we're we're we're, we're here in a little wild wild west town. So, yeah, but still, uh, I, I, I can't play more. Still, I didn't even have a banquet this year because of that. You know, yeah. I really didn't even yeah. have a banquet this year. First time in years I haven't had a banquet because of just you know different things that came up. And, you know, that's one thing I'm saying, you know, in the martial art, the way we're we doing this as martial art instructors, building on uh, friendships and stuff like that, everybody, you know, like you say, the, the verbal commitment is there. But then when the actual time to come, they don't show up. And when they don't show up, it says something about their character, you know, um, and, and, and you say, oh, I'm going to show up. But then, oh, I can't get nobody to come. You know, I don't believe that's possible either. I believe that if I go to a tournament and I tell my kids we're going to it and I only got... Um, eight people and four of them show up. I brought half of my class. Yeah, I brought yeah, half right, of my class. Right. You know what I'm saying? I brought half of what I got to bring, and and you know appreciate that. But you know it's it's kind of it's kind of um, hard to get into that. And a lot of times feelings get into play when you know you you know somebody got um, 300 students and bring you two people there. You know they can bring you none. They can bring you none. Actually, you know yeah, what I'm we, saying. We have a- we have an instructor over here in St. Pete that does something like that. He's a, he always wants people to support his tournament, but he bring, he takes the same two kids to every tournament. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So after a while, it's been that going gets, on for like ten years. Yeah, the that same gets two kids. that gets monopolous, and so hopefully this year everybody try to you know step it up a little bit and do a little bit better with each other, especially with your seminar. You know, I mean, you know, um, I remember coming up there to your seminar and. Things like that, you know, you put on a great uh-huh. seminar, and you know, you want you want people to come and learn what you're giving out and what the knowledge you give them. And at tournaments, you want people to come, participate, have a good thing, and see that as a good tournament and help for that to flourish and grow. So, I mean, I'm hoping that everyone out there listening today, you know, they start putting more of an effort in to support each other on a realistic tip instead of just report or you know, giving a token tip. You know, it's, yeah, it's just, just a whole. Go out there and have fun. Yeah, go out there and have fun. You know, and and um, you got to keep the excitement going for people. I had people come back, y'all. I had a tournament with Bob um, Schoonick, and um, he was very um, disappointed. Some of the people that sold him, he they would be there, didn't 
didn't show up to be there and things like that. Yeah. I told him, look, man, I've been there too. But at the same token, you know, because they knew I was having a tournament, some of my people that I know came back to the tournament circuit because they seen my name associated with it. And they were like, man, I've been looking for TLC again and look like it's going to be a great year. But that's not what I was trying to do. I was trying to help a person out that needed help. Like you say, you supporting the school. You helping your right, yeah, you helping yeah, that you know, person. I, I, I like what you did. Yeah. I, I came up I you came know? up to the tournament. Right. And you know, what some people view as a problem, I view it as success. Yes. Um but first of all, there's nowhere for me to park. Uh parking mm-hmm. lot was packed. My goodness um, gracious. Second of second of all, I couldn't even get in the door. Mm-hmm. The dojo was packed. It's a small I mean, dojo too. You, you literally <laughs> You literally packed your dojo uh, for for Master School Nick. Yes. Now, he, he's an awesome he's an awesome guy too. Uh, but you know, for for one instructor to turn around and do that for a fellow martial artist is is very commendable, man. I mean, hats off to you. For yeah, doing but that, it's, right? it wasn't that I was doing it for any recognition. It was doing it because I seen a need that this guy had, and it was a, a right. need that I I thought that as a martial artist, you know what? One day I may be in that position. You know yes. what I'm saying? And, and, and yeah. you know, and I don't want nobody to feel like, oh, you got to do this and that for me. But I just want them to know that as we say what we are, we we, we do what we say we're going to do for each other. And that mm-hmm. way, it's, it's, it's a balance of everything, you know. Today, on the way, I guess we're talking about a lot of things. And, you know, we had a very good conversation about, you know, about support, about um, doing a summer camp. You know, about even doing music in the dojo far as I'm working out like cardio kickboxing or cardio karate boxing or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, the most the most important thing I can say about you is whenever you put your mind into doing something, you have fantastic results because you're a very positive person and you talk highly about your friends and, you you know, give them that support. And, and things like that. And I'll, I'll tell anybody, you know, if they looking for a place up in your area, Biv and Taekwondo is a place to go to and go Thank be you. a part of that. You know, I, I commend you highly on your expertise, your knowledge of the martial arts and just the way you generally care about your children. You know, I'm going to say something. I know you probably don't want me to say it, but, you know, you help one kid who was struggling with like a little weight thing and you put on a program for him and he got great results. You just went out of your way. Maybe you didn't think it was out of your way to do hey, it, but I saw, you just... I saw that kid. I saw that kid the other day, and he lost fifteen more pounds. Well, you see what I'm saying, but you motivated him. I told his him. mom. I told his mom. I said, "Well, don't bring him back. He apparently he's doing good." <laughs> well, <laughs> I must well, have been slowing him down. Oh wow! You know, it, it wasn't that. It was that you know you put that key into him. A lot of times we help yeah. students and we put a good thought in them and grow and make that thing start growing inside of them, and then they walk away from your dojo. And then they give credit to other people when actually they got it from you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's a that's a that's something we gotta try to be more humble like you are. Just say, hey, you know what? I'm glad for that person. Um, if they're doing good, hey, that's good for them and keep it going. You know, we should all try to be you know be more like that. Anyway, today Thank this is the way um, with Hunchy Henry Graves and we had Master Terry, Terry Bivens on here and you know with the insight and um, it was a great thing. Any last part in words? Master Bivens? Hey, you know me. Thank, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I'm only going to come to your dojo if you have free food there. Uh, that never changes. Well, you know, I'm going to have uh, <laughs> I'm going to have lunch and dinner and all that too, but you know, and I thank you and I'll be looking forward to seeing you soon, my friend. Us. 
us. All God right. bless you. Have a great day. Peace. Peace. Culture Radio. Only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio. Only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio. Only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio. Only 